It's the Hoffman Show, Team 980. We're always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It is the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, in for Craig Hoffman. We'll take you up to 6 o'clock before handing things over to our coverage of Maryland Terrapins basketball. And, Anthony, I know you're a basketball guy. The Terps, an interesting case study this year, man. Every time Jameer Young goes crazy, they lose. It's it's the wildest thing in the world to watch. I feel bad for my boy, uh, if I'm being honest with you. They take on Rutgers tonight, so Xfinity Center uh, expected to be rocking. We got other big-time action around the Beltway as well. Caps back at home tonight uh, playing host to Montreal. The Caps are on a little bit of a stinker as of late. Loses a four in a row. Uh, you can listen to that over on our sister station, 106.7 The Fan. You know I love the NBA. Big-time hoops matchup. Suns hosting the Bucks tonight. Trade deadline in about 48 hours, so we'll see if either of these two teams stand pat uh, or make a big-time move before Thursday uh, at 4 o'clock Eastern time. I want to get right into it, though. Massive, massive day yesterday here locally. Dan Quinn officially introduced as the new head coach of the Washington Commanders, and watching it yesterday was was probably more of a treat than just getting the audio version. And I know we played the presser in its entirety on both the fan uh, and the Team 980, but just getting to watch it, if you get to go back and look on YouTube or the Commander's Twitter stream, the, the presser was was fascinating is the way I'll put it. And we got Josh Myers, or excuse me, Bob Myers, excuse me, in on the coaching search, correct? So why not call Adam Peters, Dan Quinn, and Josh Harris our new big three, man? They were all up there yesterday, smiling ear to ear, and they had the, the mentality of a group that feels like they have the whole world in their hands. They understand what's getting ready to happen over the next couple of months. They understand the journey that they're getting ready to embark on together. And I credit, you know, Josh Harris all the time whenever he takes the podium or whenever he's talking to someone in the local media. Ever since the day he took over, say what you want about him choosing not to fire Ron Rivera. Say what you want. Uh, about him trying to stand pat or, or or making the moves that he made at the deadline. Josh Harris, since the day he took over, has always shown to me that he 110% understands what this franchise is on the brink of. One of the most historic franchises in all of pro sports, the way I'll put it, has been in a damn coma, it feels like, for the past 25 years. And now all of a sudden it's doo-doo, There's life again. There's a pulse. We got renewed energy and passion around this football team. And watching yesterday's press conference, I think Dan Quinn, first of all, if you can't appreciate how open and honest he was and the candor that he showed, you're just a hater. And I know a lot of you out there were against the hire, and then when it actually happened, you were for the hire. I I don't care about what you actually think, right? Know this. This is the guy talking about Dan Quinn that Adam Peters chose. And the one thing I continue to harp on, the biggest hire of the offseason was Adam Peters. Point blank period. My The entirety of my life, the commanders have been run like a third world country. Having ownership, step over football guys, the scouts having their hard work go to waste. The days of that are over. And I think yesterday was another reminder of just how close we are to actually turning this thing around. And if you were watching it with close eyes like I was, there's a bromance that feels like it's starting to form, right, between Dan Quinn and Adam Peters. And Adam Peters, gosh, just sitting there 
gushing at DQ the whole time. DQ gushing and blushing back. They kept looking back and forth at each other, and I just can't help but notice, right, there's a genuine unity there. And look, in in a couple of years, two years from now, three years from now, they could all be fired, right? We have no clue how this is going to play out, or it could end up being a Super Bowl combination. But no matter what the result ends up being, the fact that we're actually going through the correct process finally, right, that's what matters more than anything. And I think Dan Quinn yesterday and Adam Peters as well, they continue to harp on and talk about a unified belief. And I think that is the most important thing of all of this. You can't build a consistent contender that's going to be competing for titles without having this organizational setup, without having everyone being on the same page. So while there are a lot of big-time decisions that still have to be made, no matter what ends up happening over the next couple of months and the next couple of years, for that matter, the fact that they're doing it the right way, the fact that they're going through the process properly, that's more important than anything. But just based on the track record, of the two dudes that are in power, and I'm saying two dudes, obviously Josh Harris and the ownership group have their hand in things, but I think Josh was pretty forthcoming yesterday about, look, I hired these guys to lean on them and to trust their decision-making process. So, yes, Josh Harris is aligned with Adam Peters and Dan Quinn, but at the end of the day, like I said earlier, Dan Quinn, or excuse me, Adam Peters is the straw that stirs the drink with this franchise right now to me. And yes, they're going to work in in unison, and there's going to be a collaborative effort. But at the end of the day, Adam Peters was named as the general manager for one reason. He's going to be tasked with putting the right pieces in place for Dan Quinn and and his football mentality and his football beliefs to be able to come to fruition. That's the most important thing about all of this. We got finally got the most important guys in an organization all on the same page. And I think a little bit yesterday, and it's only a presser, right? So you can only take so much away from it, right? You're supposed to win the press conference, right? I think we got to appreciate it wasn't just a bunch of cliches and coach speaking. I know all of you lost your mind when he said one of his favorite phrases is I'll be at where my feet are or whatever however you say it. The Ron Rivera quote that we all ran roughshod with over the past couple of years. It's a football, it's a football quote. Relax. You'll hear a bunch of different coaches throughout the National Football League say it. The difference, though, to me, between Ron Rivera and Dan Quinn, it was genuine yesterday, I thought, what you were getting from DQ. And for all of you lazy people out there trying to make the comparison, saying that Dan Quinn is Ron Rivera, clearly you don't understand why the Ron Rivera era failed here in Washington. The biggest reason why Dan Quinn isn't going to be like Ron Rivera is that Dan Quinn isn't in charge of personnel decisions. Dan Quinn is not going to make decisions that will ultimately impact Dan Quinn, the GM, in comparison to Dan Quinn, the coach. Huge differences. Huge differences here between these two. But as warm and fuzzy as it seems right now, you need this relationship, talking about Dan Quinn and Adam Peters, you need this relationship 
to make the tough decisions surrounding the football team. I'll keep saying it. I'll say it all offseason long. No matter how it shapes out, the fact that you're going through the process finally is the most important thing. But take this into account as well, right? With Adam Peters, with Dan Quinn, with the future of the organization, there is a type that they're now going out and looking for. And I think that's a really important piece of this as well. And I've referenced it, you know, a couple of different times when I've come on with Craig and when I'm on with Rooster. Adam Peters has a certain vision and a certain way he looks at football. In San Francisco, he called them his gold helmet type of players. That is what's next here in Washington. Evaluating this roster, figuring out who the cornerstone pieces are moving forward, and then ultimately you got to make the biggest decision of them all, right, Ant? You got to make a decision on what they're going to do at quarterback. And we all know that that is probably the biggest decision to be made here this offseason. What are you going to do at the game's most important position? As we go throughout the show here this afternoon, we'll give you a little bit of insight as to what Washington's going to do at quarterback. We'll let you hear from Dan Quinn. We'll let you hear from Lewis Riddick of ESPN. Multiple different people have already chimed in on what they think Washington should be doing at the quarterback position. They've got the number two overall pick coming up in April. They've got a litany of cap space. There are so many different ways I feel like Washington could go in terms of trying to build this roster out. Now, the big rumor and storyline that has surfaced here locally in the past 48 hours or so, Cliff Kingsbury, Joe Witt Jr., officially hired as the offensive and defensive coordinators here in Washington. Now, we know what Joe Witt's going to do coming over from Dallas, and we know what that defense was the past couple of years. The bigger question mark, and I think... The more fascinating storyline is Cliff Kingsbury. Not only from a standpoint of what is the offense going to look like, what has he learned since taking a hiatus from the National Football League, but we know there's a relationship out there that he has with one Caleb Williams. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll look at the big decision that Washington has to make from all angles. Lewis Riddick, NFL insider from ESPN, gave a pretty strong take on what he thinks Washington should do with their number two overall pick. That's next on the Team 980. It's Hoffman Show, Team 980. We're always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement. Linnell Willingham sitting in for Craig Hoffman. We'll take you up to 6 o'clock before we hand things over to our pal Chris Naki, who's got Maryland Terrapins basketball on tap for you tonight here on the Team 980. The Terps at home, Big Ten action hosting Rutgers, and we talked about it at the top of the show. Year two for Kevin Willard and the Terps has been a little bit of a challenge, right? Your best players not being as consistent as you'd like. Jameer Young, I said, has been amazing. Julian Risto can't stay out of foul trouble. We'll see uh, what Maryland's able to do tonight as they host Rutgers. want to continue, though, to talk about the big-time press conference that we had yesterday. Dan Quinn officially introduced and announced as the next head coach here in Washington and if you've been listening to me throughout the regular season, if you're listening to me toward the end of the regular season when it was a foregone conclusion that Ron and company would not be retained, it, it signaled and represented a perfect opportunity for Washington to hit the reset button and actually conduct themselves like a professional NFL outfit. 
You cannot have sustained success in the National Football League without having ownership, the head coach, and the general manager all be on the same page. They've got to be in lockstep on every decision. They've got to share the same football beliefs. I think after listening to yesterday's presser, it's very clear that this relationship, this bromance, as I called it, between Adam Peters and Dan Quinn, it's no facade. It's no, it's not fake, right? This is genuine. These are two guys that view the game the same way and are honestly perfect for each other. Everyone was complaining about a potential retread coach being hired here in Washington. We know how ridiculous that phrase is. But something that has been discussed here in the coming days since Quinn's been officially hired is this ownership group in them wanting to pair a first-time general manager in Adam Peters with an experienced head coach. And I think that's huge, especially when you consider the big-time decisions that are going to have to be made this offseason, decisions that are going to shape the future of this franchise. The big one, obviously, being what they're going to do at number two overall, right? I, I say this job is attractive for, for a multitude of different reasons. That number two overall pick, five picks in the top 100, 80-plus million dollars in cap space. But just as attractive as it is, it's a difficult job as well because there really is no excuse for this thing not getting turned around quickly. And the most important part of all of this is making sure that you get quarterback correct. Quarterback You've got to hit on it. We know the consequences of swinging and missing on a quarterback in the top five. It sets your franchise back. We've seen it here before in Washington. So if you're Adam Peters, if you're Dan Quinn, being in lockstep is the first thing. But now you've got to make the big-time decision. That's why it's important to be in lockstep because you've got to make decisions that are going to shape the course of history here in Washington. And that big decision is obviously what you do at quarterback. A lot of different people uh, across the National Football League have had different thoughts on what Washington should do with that number two overall pick. Here is Lewis Riddick of ESPN giving his thoughts on what the commander should do at number two overall. So if you're sitting there and you're Washington and you have Cliff Kingsbury and Caleb is from the area and he has a great relationship with Cliff already and he's tweeting out and rather he's putting on Instagram, my dog. I mean, come on, don't overthink some things here. This is, you know, football, we overthink a lot of things with football. Like I said, we twist ourselves up a lot of times trying to get to a conclusion that we know ain't the right conclusion. The right conclusion for Washington is do what you got to do to get this guy on your football team because nobody in your organization, and I mean nobody knows Caleb like Cliff Kingsbury does. So you don't have to call Lincoln. You don't have to call anybody. Just ask the guy who's now in your building. And if he gives him the stamp of approval, then you move heaven and earth to try and get in position to draft him because you ain't going nowhere with the people you got. Nowhere. Make it happen. Lewis Frederick coming strong about what Washington should do with that number two overall pick. We're going to have this discussion for the next couple of months between now and April. That That's what the offseason is going to be centered around. We know who the coach is now. We know who the OC is. We know who the DC is. Now it's about solving the game's most important position. And y'all know how I feel about quarterback and its importance. The hell with looking at it through the lens of the NFL. It is the most important position 
in all of pro sports. No singular position in professional sports has the impact that quarterback does. And knowing what this franchise has gone through at that position, knowing how history has treated this team, it's really difficult to decide what they should do here. I flip back and forth, it feels like, every day on what Washington should do at quarterback. And realistically speaking, looking at it through the lens of the draft, right, I think it's a one-quarterback draft. I know you're going to hear people pump up Jaden Daniels. I know you're going to hear people pump up Drake May. I think it's a one-quarterback draft. I think it's Caleb Williams, and then I think it's everybody else. And I'll go even further with that. I think it's Caleb Williams. Then I think there's a sizable gap. Then I think Jaden Daniels would be the bell of the ball. Then I think there's another sizable gap between him and UNC's Drake May. But from Washington's vantage point, from Washington's perspective, you have the number two overall pick. You have a litany of resources to acquire Caleb if he's the guy. Now, I, for one, think he is the guy, right? He is an alien, and I firmly believe that. There is no price too rich to try and acquire Caleb Williams. I know what Craig's going to say. I know what Chris Russell's going to say. I don't know what Kevin Sheehan's going to say on this because I think he probably loves him some Caleb Williams as well. But I, I, I see how it would make sense, though, right, to stay at two and build around a Jaden Daniels who fits like a glove, by the way, in Cliff Kingsbury's system. It would make sense to build up the offensive line and get weapons and improve the defense. All that's fine. I hear what you're saying about that. You need all of the resources that you could possibly have. I get that. But at the end of the day, I think it simply comes down to who's really him, right? Who's really the guy that we know is a slam dunk? And I know when we're talking about quarterbacks in the draft, no one's realistically a slam dunk. Whose tools, whose tools are worth betting on between these three guys? Because I know there's a consensus that it's Caleb, it's Drake May, it's Jaden Daniels. The decision ultimately is going to come down to which one of these guys do you fall in love with? Which one of these guys do you think has the tools to take you out the projects? It's basically how I put it. We have been project babies at the quarterback position. We can't find a long-term answer at the position. And while I understand the thought process of staying put in drafting whoever falls to you, you're in a rare situation and in a rare position right now where you can control your own destiny. The debate surrounding Caleb Williams it isn't whether he's the number one pick in the draft, but I think it's coming down to whether or not he is this generational, once-in-a-decade type prospect. He's got unbelievable arm talent, right, in terms of what he could do with the football, the horsepower that he's got on his right arm. It's No one stacks up to it that's come out here in, in recent memory, it feels like. Not even C.J. Stroud. Do I wish he played you know, on schedule a little bit more? Yeah. But I also think Pat Mahomes... And people are going to say that comparison is dangerous. Watch the damn tape. There are so many similarities between Pat and Caleb. But Pat is the example of, look, if you can corral that, if you could 
rein Caleb in without taking away the stuff that makes him special, I think you got to do whatever it takes if you're Washington to get this kid. You have to. Why, why not at this point? And I know I know nothing, right? I'm just a radio host. But at the end of the day, this is what I'll keep going back to. This is what I'll stand firmly on. At the end of the day, it's on Adam Peters and company. There's a lot of time to decide between now and April about what they will ultimately do with that position. But the thing I think we need to open our minds to as fans is you've got to be bet bleep crazy to think that everything, and when I say everything, I mean everything, isn't on the table right now in terms of the draft and in terms of the quarterback position, whether that's trading up, whether that's trading down, whether that's not taking a quarterback in round one, it's all on the table for this football team. And this will be a phrase I use, right, bookmark it, for the rest of this offseason. Despite what you armchair GMs out there on Twitter think you know about the NFL and what you think you know about football, despite what I think I know about the NFL and football, we are all at the mercy of the evaluation. We are all at the mercy of what Adam Peters and company decide to do. It's all on the table right now. And like I said, when Dan Quinn was hired, there should be no decision that AP makes this offseason that we turn our nose up at. This is what we've asked for. For the entirety of my life, we've asked for a GM, a head coach, and an ownership group to be in lockstep. Now that we have it, I don't think it's fair to go out and try to nitpick at decisions that are going to be made. Because at the end of the day, the track record of Adam Peters speaks for itself. The track record of Dan Quinn speaks for itself. When's the last time anything in this organization has sniffed a Lombardi trophy? Yet people were turning their noses up at Dan Quinn. At the end of the day, we know the decision that has to be made this offseason. You got to figure out what you're going to do at quarterback. But everything's on the table right now. And I think Dan Quinn and Adam Peters said as much yesterday or on Monday. Yesterday was Monday, right? It was. You get what I'm saying? At the end of the day, trading up is a possibility, I think. Trading down is a possibility. Not taking the quarterback in round one at all certainly is on the table. We're at the mercy of the evaluator here. For this next segment, we'll be at the mercy of your calls. 301 230 is the number. After hearing from Lewis Riddick on the quarterback position, what do you think Washington should ultimately do with that number two overall pick? There are a bevy of different ways this could go. I'm trying to preface, I'm trying to warn you all about what this offseason could bring. We have no clue. There are so many different ways they ultimately could go at this thing. But what do you want? 301 230 0980. Washington with the number two overall pick in April's draft. Which way do you want them to go with the pick? Your call's next here on the Team 980. It's the Hoffman Show, Team 980. We're always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham. Taking up to 6 o'clock before we dish things over to our coverage of Maryland Terrapins basketball. They're at home tonight taking on Rutgers. Phone line's packed. If you're trying to call, keep calling. 301-230-0980 is the number. I want to take a big picture 
view at the quarterback position here in Washington. We played the audio from Lewis Riddick of ESPN, and you heard what he had to say. Washington needs to do whatever they need to do in order to move up and acquire Caleb Williams. And I'll be honest with you, like I said in the last segment, I flip back and forth each day on what Washington should ultimately do. It's a fun exercise. It's a stressful exercise. Because all of the options, I can convince myself that they make sense. You know why? Because at the end of the day, I understand as a fan of this team that hasn't seen prosperity, that hasn't seen success, I understand that we're all at the mercy of the evaluator. We asked for this. This is what I was on my knees praying for. A real general manager that's got a track record of acquiring quality talent, whether that's through the draft, whether that's through free agency. And what we know about Adam Peters, the draft is oh so important to what he wants to accomplish. We know the track record while he was in San Francisco, his ability to hit on late-round picks. I know all of that. But at the end of the day, I can see it from every angle. I understand how special Caleb Williams is. And I understand we'll pick all these prospects apart as the draft continues to roll or as the draft continues to get closer here. It's a one quarterback and then everybody else draft. I'm telling you, Caleb Williams is head and shoulders better than every other quarterback prospect in this class. And if you're Washington, you got to make the decision of this. Do I love Caleb enough? Do I love Jaden Daniels, for example, enough to take them? That's the other thing that we don't talk about. They have to be Beyonce crazy in love to select a quarterback at number two overall. And when I say Beyonce crazy in love, I mean Adam Peters has to be on board with it. Cliff Kingsbury has to be on board with it. Dan Quinn has to be on board with it. And most importantly, ownership. They're going to be in lockstep with this decision. So when it is ultimately decided and you all are going to complain and whine and cry about whatever decision they make, understand they're doing it all on the same page. This ultimately what happens, there isn't going to be any confusion, any mixed messaging about the quarterback position like there's been in years past, whether it was the ownership that wanted them or the coach. We're past all of that. We're done being run like the ghetto. We're done acting like we're in the projects. We're acting like a suburban football team for once in my lifetime. I love to see it. But ultimately, like I said, I understand if you want to trade up and give the farm for Caleb Williams. He's that damn good. But I also get if you think it makes sense to sit at two and build around the quarterback that you take it to. I also understand if you feel like, you know what? See if Sam Howell's got it in him still. Huh? Sam Howell? Yeah. That's also a possibility. Like I said, we're at the mercy of the evaluator. We're at the mercy of you right now, though. 301-230-0980 is the number. What should the Washington Commanders be looking to do with that number two overall pick coming up in April's draft? Let's go out to lap. What's going on, lap? Hey, what's up with youngest in charge movement? What's up, bro? How you been? What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good, man. Um, I, I, I would see what they would want, you know, for the number one pick. You know what I'm saying? Like, what they looking for, at least acquire about it. 
You know what I'm saying? But if not, I'm I'm gonna go with uh Jalen Daniels. That's what I want. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see. I mean, if you look at the last two second round picks we had, I mean they did get defensive offensive rookie of the year, but they got injured, so but uh I think Jalen Daniels would be nice, man, to have. So just whatever we gonna do, we just need to be smart and uh help benefit the team. So yeah. we'll see what happens, man. Would you can I can I can I ask you this though, Lap? Keep up the good work. Hey, I, I appreciate you. Let me uh, ask you this though, Lap, too, before we drop you. Yeah. Is there a decision yeah. that they can make it to that would turn you off as a fan? Mm, outside of, I guess, I was because I was gonna say if they wanted to trade. For somebody like a, a football player, like a, a quarterback, yeah, I probably wouldn't have rock with that. You know what I'm saying? Not like no Kyle Murray. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad at the uh, Justin Fields one if that's, that's a possibility. But that. that that's something we haven't yeah, brought up. I wouldn't but be I, mad I pre- about that. I appreciate the call. Justin Fields is interesting because, for the life of me, I I can't understand how you can see all the physical tools that he has, and think that he's not a salvageable quarterback. Look at the situation that he's in in Chicago. Let's go out to Eric. What's going on, Eric? Hey, hey how are you guys doing? I'm good. Um, how are you doing? I, I, I agree with everything. you have. I mean, the way you have worded everything up till now is like, I, I'm like right there on the same page with you. I mean, it's, we, there, there's no doubt that you know, if we could have uh, Caleb Williams I mean, what? Uh, behind the center, I mean, th- that that would be unbelievable. And, you know, just put a, a nice uh, offensive line in front of him and, you know, have him, you know, set up with, you know, the good receivers and tight ends and, you know, B-Rob and, you know, all the, the good guys that we have already. I, I That would just be unbelievable. But I think – what you have said is like spot on. We we just don't know quite yet what all these guys are thinking and what they ultimately want to do in April. But I trust this group. I mean, I, I that's this the key. Is an amazing group. That's the key. Is trusting this group. I mean, look, look look at this. We have a Josh Harris and Adam Peters, Dan Quinn, Joe Witt Jr. You know, and then our our OC. I keep forgetting his name. Cliff Kingsbury. Chris, yeah, Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, it's what an amazing group that we have that are at the table. And I, I really think when they're all together, putting their heads together, I I think they'll end up doing what they think is really the best decision. Yeah. And that ultimately um, is all that matters, Eric. I appreciate the call. What are they going to do that's next and best for the organization? 1-800, excuse me, 301-230-0980 is the number. Washington has a big-time decision to make coming up in April. The big takeaway from yesterday's Dan Quinn introductory press conference is that him and Adam Peters and Josh Harris are all in lockstep right now. They damn sure better be in lockstep because when you're making a decision on quarterback – you got to have all hands on deck. What do you want, though? 301-230-0980 is the number. What do you want to do at the quarterback position? That's next, two on the Team 980. So if you're sitting there and you're Washington, 
and you have Cliff Kingsbury, and Caleb is from the area, and he has a great relationship with Cliff already, and he's tweeting out, and rather he's putting on Instagram, my dog. I mean, come on. Don't overthink some things here. So Lewis Riddick laying the smackdown on what the Washington commanders should do with the number two overall pick coming up in April's draft. If you're like Lewis Riddick and feel like there's no price too rich for Caleb Williams, call in 301-230-0980 is the number. What do you all think Washington should be looking to do with that number two overall pick? I know normally I'm very brash, bold, strong opinions. I genuinely am torn about what I want Washington to do. I wake up each and every day thinking something different because there's so many different ways that I think they ultimately could go. That's what I don't want to be lost in this. They can go so many different directions with this thing. They can trade up. They can trade down. They can stand pat and not take a quarterback. They can take a quarterback later in the first round. They can trade back up into the first round and take a quarterback. At the end of the day, though, I'm going to trust the decision that the powers that be come to. Because I've begged and pleaded for this organizational setup, for this organizational structure. So because of that, I'm going to let them cook. I'm going to let them work. Yeah, we all are going to have preferences, but I'm tired of this this privileged prima donna attitude some of y'all have as fans. What the hell do we expect? How can we be frustrated at any move they decide to make? That That's my only question out there. And if you want to answer that too, go ahead. It's still peaches and roses. We're still in the honeymoon phase. But darn it, the big decisions are about to have to be made. And the one thing I want us all to know is that we're at the mercy of the evaluator. It's my slogan. It's my phrase for the entirety of the offseason. Because when you really look at the backgrounds of the people making decisions, we know what Cliff Kingsbury's background is. He's worked with young quarterbacks in the past. He runs an air raid system. And... He may not be that good of a head coach, but as an OC, he speaks quarterback. We know that. We know Adam Peters in the way that he views the quarterback position, which I think isn't talked about enough. The two Super Bowl teams that he constructed, talking about that team led by Jimmy Garoppolo that got to the big dance, and then this current iteration of San Francisco that's there on the right arm of Brock Purdy. Notice what both of those teams have in common. Two quarterbacks under center that were not top five picks, that weren't even first round picks. So why are we not taking that into consideration? Why are we not taking into consideration the fact that we haven't seen Adam Peters take the big swing at quarterback yet? We don't know what he ultimately thinks about what Sam Howell is. Or about any of the quarterbacks that are in this draft. And I think the evaluation starts with Sam first. That's the big question that I'm waiting to have answered. Let's go out to Charles. What's going on, Charles? Man, you are not giving it to us right. First of all, Peters go after Trey Lance. So we have seen what he's done as far as drafting high, as far as quarterbacks go. And that was a complete debacle. I also give him a debacle grade uh, for the Ben Johnson situation, not being able to pull that off. 
Then what has uh, Caleb Williams ever won? He was 2-9 and nine against the top 25 in college. He's the same dude that, that, that cried when he lost to, in his mom's arms. We need a quarterback that's got a backbone. Is he, who's he going to cry Hold to on, that Michael doesn't mean you – because he cried in his mother's arms. I mean, he don't got backbone, Charles? I'd rather I'd rather have a quarterback yeah, I, I that hold my, on Charles I'd rather have a quarterback my, that cares far too much in my mom, in his mom's arms I want him to get up and 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 brush himself off like a cornerback and have a short memory and go out there and compete you act like he quit the rest of the I damn want, season Charles a quarterback and then third third Linnell how are you going to bring that dude here he already is a prima donna, making all these ridiculous claims and where he's going to go and where he's not going to oh, go. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. This, this, and and then, put him on. This, this is the problem I have with y'all. It, it wasn't a prima donna situation when it was Eli Manning forcing himself to the Giants. It wasn't a prima donna situation when it was John Elway forcing his way to, to Denver. But it's a prima donna situation if Caleb wants to do it. And that's the big thing. This is all speculative at this point. It is a major if. We don't know that Caleb Williams is trying to force his way out of Chicago. We know, here's what we do know about Caleb. And this has been reported by Albert Breer and other credible insiders in the National Football League. What we know is this. His father may be a little bit to handle, but not one scout, not one talent evaluator is going to question the work ethic of Caleb Williams. They're not going to question the leadership of Caleb Williams, his ability to relate to all walks of life in the locker room, no matter how rich or how poor your background is, no matter what skin color you are, that is the trait that I want in my quarterback. All of you out there bitching and moaning because he paints his nails, I don't give a damn if you wore a dress. If the kid's going to go out there and play quarterback at the level we saw him play it at the past two to three seasons, sign me up. And now, based on conversation, I like I said, I understand every way they can attack it. But you can't tell me that there's a price that costs too much to go up and get him. Because at the end of the day, if he proves to be what you what we think he can be, it isn't going to matter. Who the hell is going to remember the second round pick that they traded up to get Caleb Williams? I say it all the time about quarterback in the National Football League, especially these young cats when they first come out. Their ability to have success is completely contingent upon fit. And if you don't think that Washington is an ideal fit for Caleb Williams, I don't know what else to tell you. The writing's on the wall, people. You can't, you can't stop destiny. You can't stop fate. It really feels like we're on a crash course to Caleb Williams coming here to D.C., and I'm okay with it. Let's go to Devon. What's going on, Devon? What's up, Lanell? I definitely agree with what you're saying, man. It could go either way, and we just so brainwashed as Washington fans is that we ask for new things. We ask for to be a sustainable franchise and really have a new, a real GM and run like a normal NFL team, and we're getting that, and it's like we still want to still think through the same eyes and the same, same mindset of the Dan Snyder era. That era is over. Ron is gone. We have to trust in, trust in this process with them. You know, and I'm the same way, man. If we trade up for Caleb, obviously that's what they feel like is best for us. If we stay pat at two and pick a quarterback, or if not pick a quarterback, or if we stay with Sam, or if we stay with Justin Fields, 
I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm like there's so many other ways exactly. that I can't be so on this on one. My pick will be trade down and get Jalen uh, Jalen Daniels and get more picks. But then again, it's like if you do trade up to get Caleb Williams, I'm cool with that too. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like if you make that move to trade up and give up a, a, a King's ransom, yes, he could be a he can be a franchise quarterback. He can, but it's still going to be a question mark, and we're not just a quarterback away. So giving up a King's ransom when you got other holes to fill, just my opinion, I feel like I don't think they should do that. But if you do. I'm all for it, too, but it's, I'm with you, Linnell. There's so many options, for sure. and this is what we ultimately want. We want all these options for on sure. the table as fans. But, of course, we'll find something not to like. Like, everybody <laughs> wanted ben, uh, ben Johnson. He hasn't done this before. We got a new GM, a new owner. Why wouldn't you want somebody with some experience and some uh, thread on the tire to on. be in Come charge? On. Why do you want a new person, all this new stuff, like, I wasn't a Ben Johnson person. I wanted Dan Quinn. So it's like, man, you're gonna we're gonna find something wrong with it. But ultimately for we sure. just gotta we rode the train for thirty years. Why not jump on Keep this on train? riding. Look, I appreciate the call, Devon. 980 is the number. Talking quarterback, what do you want Washington to ultimately do with that number two overall pick? They've got a bevy of different options on the table. We don't really know. What the evaluation's going to hold when uh, Adam Peters and Cliff Kingsbury go back and watch the tape of all these quarterbacks. At the end of the day, I'll keep saying it. We're at the mercy of the evaluator. But when we come back, we'll continue to be at the mercy of the fans. 301-230-0980 is the number. If you had it your way, if you were Adam Peters and company, what would you be looking to do? With that number two overall pick, your call's next. One final hour to go here on the Hoffman Show. Linnell Willingham sitting in for the Prince of Passion. Take you up to 6 o'clock before we hand things over to Maryland Terrapins basketball. On the rejoiner there, talk about pressure. A lot of pressure on this new ownership group. There's a lot of pressure on the big three here in Washington. Talking about Josh Harris, Adam Peters, and Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn officially introduced as the team's next head coach Yesterday, and one big takeaway that I think all of us had from that press conference is there was a bromance brewing and forming between Adam Peters and Dan Quinn. And if you're a Washington fan, you should love every second of what you heard yesterday. And yeah, I understand it's an intro press conference and there's a lot of fluff, but both of these cats seemed pretty genuine about being in lockstep on every decision that has to be made in this franchise. And the next big decision that's going to have to be made is quarterback. You got the number two overall pick coming up in April. You got 80 plus million dollars in cap space. You got five picks within the top 100. You can go a multitude of different ways at the game's most important position. I flip back and forth on it every day. But if you had to ask me sitting here right now at 5.04 Eastern time on February the 6th, I'm saying do whatever it takes to acquire Caleb Williams. Do whatever it takes to ensure that Caleb Williams is back in D.C. He is by far the best quarterback prospect in this class, and I don't think it's relatively close. There are tiers in every quarterback class. I think Caleb this year is in a tier of his own. He's flirting and teetering on the verge of being a generational 
can't-miss type of prospect. Why pass on that? Why not do whatever it takes to bring that into your organization? We had a conversation yesterday about recalibrate versus rebuild. You know what will make this a recalibration? You know what would get this thing uh, going back north again, as Dan Quinn put it? Nailing the quarterback position. We've seen on countless different occasions this year, teams doing whatever it takes to get that signal caller, and it changes the fortunes of your franchise immediately. Look at C.J. Stroud with the Texans. Look at what happened ultimately with Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Quarterback position is the most important position in all the pro sports. So if I was Washington, my preference would be trading up for Caleb Williams. But I do understand the greatness that Jaden Daniels potentially could have. I understand the upside that exists with Drake May. The one lens I feel like we haven't looked at this thing through is how Adam Peters evaluates quarterback. Because as I mentioned earlier, he's taken two non-first-round quarterbacks to the Super Bowl. How is he going to view this upcoming quarterback crop? Is there a guy out there that he feels is good enough to trade the farm for? At the end of the day, I continue to harp on it. We're at the mercy of the evaluator. Whatever they say goes, and I'm willing to trust whatever they, whichever which direction they want to go. <coughs> I'm on board with it. I'm on board with it. But at the end of the day, if it was my preference, if it was my personal choice, I'm giving up the farm for Caleb Williams, and I'm not thinking twice about it. 301-230-0980 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Plenty of different ways Washington can go at quarterback. They can trade up. They can trade back. They can stand pat and not take a quarterback at two overall. They can trade back up into the first round to guarantee that fifth year of control. We don't know which way they're going to go. Which way do you want them to go? Let's go to Drew. What's going on, Drew? Hey, what's happening, uh, now? I'm good. How you doing? Good. All right. I'm for them, you know, trading up. You know, your, your offensive coordinator loves them, already coached them. Um, so, you know, you, you have that connection there. You know, Riddick talked about the um, IG post from Williams, mm-hmm. um, you know, once he got the gig, of, hey, this, you know, my guy or whatever it was that he said, you know. And then for me, if you can't, for some reason, if if if, if uh, Chicago is asking for too much, then I just stay pat and then go with, um, you know, Jaden Daniels. But I think what's important for a lot of the fan base to understand is they're not building a church choir. They're building a football <laughs> team. For sure. You know, and the church choir even got centers. So we need to stop we need to stop acting, you know, holier than now when it comes to the football players. You're going to have psychopaths on your team. Like most successful um football teams, they got some weirdos on the team. For sure. You know, for sure. You, you got some you got some guys that at night if you've seen them, you know, you come out your house and they standing by your car, you're gonna go back <laughs> in the house. You know. That's that's you need that's, it, though. I, I, get, I get what you're saying, Drew. It's a prereq. That's what you need. Like, this this notion that we're going to build this boys' choir and that you're going to win the Super Bowl with that is, is just ridiculous. You know, you talked about 
you know, even if um, you talked about Taylor Williams could wear a dress. Linnell, I would go buy the dude a dress. <laughs> if, it meant, if it meant he's under center with us for the next 10, 15 look, years, look, what else would I care about? Look, look Linnell, I'd be out there like Tyra Banks in the American Next Top Model with that dude. <laughs> yeah, you cutting up, I, Drew. You cutting up, you for know, sure. Like, let's, let's be real. You go for the best talent, and you let the coach and the GM deal with the quirks. Um, this isn't an RG3 situation where, you know, Mike uh, Shanahan didn't want to step up and speak up or check him properly and the owner let Robert run wild. You know, this, this is not that. So um, I'm comfortable with them going up and dealing with whatever little quirks Caleb Williams For sure. has. And I appreciate the call, Drew. I mean, yeah, I couldn't have laid it out any better. It doesn't matter. Oh, oh, look, and this is what teams do. That's what we all got to understand Teams sometimes will leak out negative things about guys in hopes that they fall to them. It's a dirty, dirty game talking about the NFL pre-draft process. But as Drew laid out and as I've been saying all show, whatever Adam Peters and company decide, I'm on board with. Let's go to Rob. What's going on, Rob? Rob. Hey, 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 Linnell. What's going on? Um, I agree with you about getting Caleb, and then I don't agree with you. Because we've been having bad luck drafting these hometown kids from D.C. I love his talent. Hey, man, let me tell you this. If, if, if I look, if, 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 if I let history and luck determine my decision making, I'd probably be a virgin forever. Yeah, you can't let that determine what, what, what you do moving forward. True, true that, true that. And, and one other thing, I don't want to, we at number two, we at a good spot. The Chicago Bears want Marvin Harrison Jr. Let them take him, and Caleb is going to fall to us. We don't need to panic or do anything or do anything drastic. We need to keep our picks and and keep it rolling. Rob, appreciate the call. Let's go to Ronald. What's going on, Ronald? Big L, what's going on? What's going on, man? How are you? Listen, you're right. Uh, This guy's a generational talent, and you have to do what you can because next year is no guarantee, and all these other quarterbacks – Roll the dice with Daniels if you stay stay fast. I'm, I wouldn't be mad about that. But this guy's a generational talent, and I'm thinking the Bears might want your two. They might want to throw in two defensive players like Jonathan Allen and maybe somebody else. Now, two defensive out. players. I would say Ronald is probably crazy, but I wouldn't rule out John Allen for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's a push the other person. It depends on, you know, what they're asking, if you're willing to give up. We got so much capital. Excuse me, sir. When you make a right, you're going to keep straight. Thank you very much. Ronald, I appreciate it. Excuse me, sir. Ronald, you better pay the hell attention. Let's go to uh, let's go to Josh. What's going on, Josh? What's going on, man? I, I Thank God I finally got through. Like, my God, you made me call in after 20 years. I have not called in. My God, Linnell. Let me tell you something, my brother. I don't know what you were talking about by far. Caleb Williams is better than Jaden Daniels. Huh? Jaden Daniels threw for 40 touchdowns, four interceptions, 3,800 yards. Number one at QBR with a 90, 96. Are you kidding me? What pick did you watch? He would you think in your mind that Caleb Williams is better than Daniels? You've lost your mind. Jaden Daniels fried everybody. He fried Alabama, and if he didn't get hurt in that game, they probably would have beat them. He threw for 200 and rushed for 200. Are you kidding me? A, a, a sizable gap? You're crazy trading up to get no Caleb Wings with Jaden Daniels. Yeah. Going to be right there in our lap? No way. 
you're saying josh I, I, I hear what you're saying josh but this is what i'll say about caleb versus Jaden daniels while i admit it, it it's impressive to me what he did in the sec this past year when you cut on the tape and just watch who's more impressive with their right arm see Jaden daniels has this capability i agree with you josh caleb williams also has this capability the difference between Jaden daniels and caleb williams when Jaden Daniels leaves the pocket, it's to run. When Caleb Williams leaves the pocket, it's to throw the football down the field. I just think from an arm talent standpoint, it's not really a comparison. Jaden Daniels can throw the hell out of the what the slot fade, right? He's got good ball placement on the deep ball. I love all of that. But who's been more consistent over the entirety of their college career? Don't just look at this year's tape. Because if you just look at this year's tape for Caleb Williams, there are a couple of head-scratching performances on there. And you can do the same thing okay, with Jaden so Daniels. He's had his weak spots during the year. And don't mention, you left out Josh that he's playing with arguably one of the best damn receiver duos in all of this college football. The offensive line was amongst the best in college football. So what do we – look at what Caleb was working with in comparison to what Jaden was working with. Can't be a slide on him, though. You can't make that uh, slight on him because he had that. When it was time, when the lights cut on, this is all I'm saying to Julian now, mm-hmm. when the lights were the biggest – which one of them fried the most? It was Jaden Daniels when they had to play Alabama. When they had, even when they played Florida State, the I first game you. of the year they lost. They I still threw for three hundred and sixty-nine <clears throat> yards. Come on, man. Josh, I hear you. I appreciate the call. Didn't I say I go back and forth on this every day? This is what I mean. That's why all the reasons Josh just listed is why I go back and forth. Because I do. You'd be a damn fool to try and overlook and understate what Jaden Daniels did this past year. It's just different, though, man. What Caleb is doing is just different. I think he can do everything that Jaden can do from an athletic standpoint, but I don't think Jaden can make all the throws that Caleb Williams did. You didn't see Jaden Daniels, at least in my opinion, on certain routes like a curl, throw the ball before the receiver turns around. I need to see him progress as an anticipatory thrower. We haven't seen him throw the ball over the middle uh, routinely with success. There are holes in this game, just like there's holes in Caleb's game. That's not the point I'm trying to make. The big picture is this. Whichever way they go, I think as a fan base, we have to be okay with it because you can make a strong argument for all of the different options that Washington has. One person that we haven't heard from yet on the Washington Commanders quarterback situation is head coach Dan Quinn. He talked to our pal Scott Abraham yesterday of ABC7 and had a damn strong statement about what Washington plans on doing at the quarterback position. That's next on the Team 980. 301-230-0980 is the number here on the Hoffman Show. It's Team 980. We're always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Lanelle Willingham sitting in for Craig Hoffman, who's Anthony, if I'm not mistaken, he's en route to Vegas. About to be – is he en route to Vegas? Is he in Vegas? Uh, in he Vegas. should be there by now. Should be there by now. I know he's going to be uh, doing some work uh, on Radio Row. Ant-Man, we haven't tapped in with you yet uh, throughout the show. You've been busy screening the calls. But I'm curious to get Ant's, Ant's uh, perspective and you guys' perspective 
on what Washington ultimately should end up doing at the quarterback position. We've heard from Lewis Riddick of ESPN, who was pretty much standing on the table for Washington to trade up for USC's Caleb Williams. You've heard my perspective. I, I don't even know what my perspective is. I know that's horrible radio to do. I'm flip-flopping like a fish out of water because I understand that there's not just one way to do this. I think that's where we're getting pigeonholed into with this. There's not one way to properly build a football team. And that's ultimately where I think this gets down to. It is your team-building preference. And I just want to add that, look, Adam Peters has built two Super Bowl teams for San Francisco that have not had first-round quarterbacks. Now, I understand they're an outlier, an anomaly, whatever you want to call it, but the facts are the facts. I want to know how Adam Peters views quarterback. Does he think you got to take one in the first round, or does he feel like you should insulate the rest of the roster and then drop your quarterback in? Because we've seen it done both ways, and both ways have had success. Another big voice in this whole thing is going to be new head coach Dan Quinn. What he thinks about quarterback ultimately will be huge as well, even though he's a defensive-minded coach. He will have impact and input on the decision. Anthony, now that you're off the phone, what's your perspective on this? Because I feel like, for Caleb at least, your perspective and vantage point should be a little bit different. You're from the area. You follow high school sports as closely as I do. He may go down as the best high school quarterback maybe in the history of the state of Maryland. That performance, was it was it then versus Good Counsel? Uh, DeMatha. Versus DeMatha when he went bonkers? Yeah, he threw like a, like a seven hell... touchdowns and like it was ridiculous. Yeah, and he had a walk-off Hail Mary touchdown to like win the game. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> we know what it is with him. So with all that being said, and are you – are you willing to give up the farm to go and get – and I should I should be more specific than saying give up the farm. Let, let's speak – It's going to be a big haul. It'll be a big haul, yeah. even, even though it's only moving up one spot. Let's just say it's this year's first-rounder plus your next two first-rounders. Let's just use that as the baseline for this deal. Now, I still think that's a little bit rich, but, like, let's just say it's that. I don't think it's – I don't think it's – that bad of a deal, especially if he's able to come in here and turn you into a 10-11 win football team. You're talking about what? The 20th pick next year? The 22nd pick? We've seen Jamin Davis. No offense to Jamin, but I feel like ah, I don't think I would be so eager to give up a big haul to move up one spot for Caleb Williams. And part of it is because I don't think him and Jaden Daniels are that far apart, to be honest. And with Cliff Kingsbury here, I think he would be able to help a guy like a Jaden Daniels. So I'm thinking we get the best guy available. So if the Bears go out and get, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. and we have uh, Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels to to, uh, pick from, I think we get Caleb in that situation. But I'm not willing to, you know, give up future assets for for Caleb Williams because, again, I think we have so many holes in in our team already let me that ask you this. Mortgaging and sacrificing those assets are going to come back to bite us in the butt. I, I I totally hear what you're saying. And I think our big the big discrepancy that I'm going to have with 
a lot of different people in the building is that I, I first of all disagree with what you said. I don't I do think there's a sizable gap between Caleb and Jaden. And I worry about Jaden's ability, and I love Jaden Daniels. I think he fits like a glove in Cliff's system. You trust him to stay healthy? Did he show any type of responsibility as a runner this past year? It was reckless. It wasn't. You know, you have to learn how to, you know, slide and protect yourself in the NFL, but that's everybody that like Injuries come out of nowhere. Anthony Richardson, for, for, sure. for instance. And I think that more so goes to your point in terms of not knowing how to protect themselves and things of that nature. But I think the the team, they're going to do their best, their due diligence to go out there and protect them. But what about Joe Burrow? He's not really a scrambler. He got hurt in his, his uh, rookie year. Like you said, injuries happen. Injuries I'm just happen. saying. We, you, can't, you can't, like, predict, like. But if you could, if you have a guy that is, is, is cognizant of taking those preventative measures to keep himself healthy – that's the one thing where it kills me when people try to throw an injury-prone label on Lamar. He's never got hurt running. One, he's so damn fast that I don't think anyone can lay a big enough hit on him. You can't catch him. But, like, I don't know. I hear what you're saying. Like I said, I'm flip-flopping on this, and that's not even how I get down, right? Like, I'm pretty concrete and firm in my takes until I get proven wrong otherwise. I could see Jaden Daniels coming in here and tearing the NFC East up. I can see Jaden Daniels walking in and turning this into a 10-win team. But if you're looking at them prospect versus prospect, who's the safer pick? Who's the more – who do we have more good tape on? Staying is Caleb. I mean, sort of, kind of, but at the same token, uh, the system that he was in last year with Cliff is sort of favorable – this dude, Jaden Daniels, in the SEC going against the best of the best. Not, I hear that. No, no disrespect to the Pac-12. No, I hear that, 100%. But we know there's a lot of air raid. There's a lot of, like, poor defense over there. So you're going to be able to get off offensively. That's all I would say. I don't know. It's a lot to go back and forth about. I'll continue to say this. I'm prepared and okay with whatever they decide to do. That's where I'm at right now as a fan. I'm not bougie, Right. I'm going to, and I hate the cliche, trust the process. Mark is in Laurel. What's going on, Mark? Hey, what's up? I just got to say, you know, the team is just so bad, you know, so pathetic right now. And the draft, going with a draft pick, quarterback is kind of rolling the dice. That's what they said about Ryan Lee. But I would I would go with, I would give a third-round draft pick for the, the, the guy down in there for Chicago. You got a proven product. He's already polished. You Talk know, about Justin you know, Fields. You know what you're going to get. Yeah, finished product. Get, they get a third-round pick, paying $40 million a year, and you're done with that position. But this team has no explosive players, nobody. And, and the two best – the most two important positions on the football team is elite pass rushers and quarterback. This team has neither one. So you got a quarterback already. You pick up Marvin Harris doing a great draft, and you're set. You don't have to worry about anything else. If it was that easy. It was that easy, Mark. I appreciate yeah, the call. This is always, yep. my man. The one thing that I would say about Justin Fields, I, I don't know, man. I, I love Justin Fields as much as the next guy. I would love to see him in a change of scenery. I'm the first one that will stand on the table and talk about how important fit is for the success of a young quarterback. But when you've won as little games as he's won since he's come in the NFL, when the numbers are the numbers – I don't know. I, I'm not even – that's what I'm saying. It's, it's honest. The Justin Fields thing is crazy, and that, that's a whole other scenario that we haven't even kicked the tires on yet. 
would you be willing to take a flyer on Justin Fields? Could you imagine? Could you imagine Justin Fields and Cliff Kingsbury's offense? I just, I don't know. I don't know. 301-230-0980 is number. Let's get Johnny in here. What's going on, Johnny? The next guy. I would love to see him. Johnny, turn your radio. I can't look, Johnny. I can't stand to hear the sound of my voice, Johnny. Please just just turn your radio down, brother. It's, it's all right. On? Man, I just wanted to say, first off, man, you like a breath of fresh air, man. I, I enjoy hearing you on the radio. I appreciate uh, you. As far as the quarterback thing, man, I think it's it's a no-brainer, man. We got to go after Keenan Williams, man. You can't you can't let you can't leave a generation of talent on the board. And all this talk about the holes that we supposedly have on the team, we don't know what the new coaches staff, we don't know what the system is going to look like, and how these guys are going to fit. And to be honest with you, it's nobody on this team that's on the roster already that we can't we can't trade or should be worrying about trading. So. As far as holes is concerned, we got we got a rack of free agent money. We got a whole bunch of picks. It, it's go after the generation of talent, man. I, I I just don't see how I don't see how anyone could justify not doing it unless they holding on to something, somebody, or they holding on to something from a uh, team that won four games. There's nobody on this team that For we sure. can't get mm. rid of. For sure. As far as I'm concerned, it's 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 a no brainer. We gotta go after the generational talent, man. If he a generational talent, we gotta go, we gotta roll the dice. We gotta go. We gotta we can't gotta let go. stay on the board. And, what what, what, what they say, Johnny, what what they say? Crap or get off the pot? It, it, it's time to yes, let sir. loose, baby. 301-230-0980 is the number. I, I get it. I, I'll continue to say it, man, till I'm blue in the face. We're at the mercy of the evaluator ultimately. Point blank. And before we get out of here, we'll look at this thing from another angle that I wish we honestly had the last hour of the show for. Because it is honestly, it's the it's the scenario that I think you all fear. Let's go out to AP. What's going on, AP? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing, brother? Good, man. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing all right. Hey, so for me personally, you know, because... As the other callers have said, we, we got a lot to give up. And excuse my background, I'm checking out at the uh, grocery store. But, uh, yeah, you know, we, we got a lot to lose if we just want to pony up and let it ride on on seven, you know. Like, we, we, we got a lot of holes to fill. So. We do. To just be trying to bank on that whole generational talent thing. We we said that once upon a time about Chase Young, and look how that turned out. Oh, hey, 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 hey you, you can't. Look, 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 I hear look, you. Look, 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 look. I'm just saying, bro. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know saying. I'm getting ready to act like, a fool, bro. Jaden Daniels, look. right? I, hey, look, Jaden Daniels, right there, man. Look, I'm, I'm I'm willing to play it safe. If he missed and Caleb turned out to be a, you know a dog and whatever, you know it's going. Hey, man, we just gonna have to take that L. But at the same time. We got a lot of holes to fill with the whole air raid offense potentially and the Jaden Daniels. I'm, I'm willing to take that risk and, and fill the other holes that we got to fill. For sure. AP, That's appreciate the call now. as always. I, I understand it, like I said, from all different angles. From all different angles. My thing, for y'all folks out there who are afraid to give up the capital to go get him, if he turns out to be what most evaluators think he will be, then it's not going to matter the measly first-round pick that you gave up to get him. At the end of the day, this franchise has been starved from a long-term answer at that position. And if he's the guy, right, you do what you can. You move heaven and earth to go get him. That would be my preference. 
Because who's to say you're going to have the opportunity to pick second again? That's my whole thing. Strike while the iron's hot. This quarterback class, the top of it, is better than what you're going to get next year. It Where's just Shador? And then everyone else. Just don't know, man. Let's go to Cliff. What's going on, Cliff? Hey, what's going on, Lunell? Um, I don't want to give up no capital. We got nine picks in this draft. I want to get all nine. Whoever the Bears take, and if Caleb is there, we take Caleb. If the Bears take Caleb, then we take Jaden Daniels. And I want to add a third member in that because I almost forgot about him, which he should have been had he not gotten injured, he probably would have been in the national championship. Jordan Travis and undefeated Florida State. Huh. I hope Florida State next year kick everybody's behind for what happened this year. <laughs> I felt like they got still. And I sit back and listen. Cliff, I appreciate it as always. I hear you on Jordan Travis. I remember watching him and Jaden Daniels duel, man. It was a, it's a hell of a game. I think that's that's interesting. Another later round quarterback that I feel like isn't being talked about enough, Spencer Rattler, man. But he played his tail off this year for South Carolina. Remember a couple of years ago, there was talks about him being, you know, the number one overall pick in his class. So there's it's a bunch of different ways Washington could ultimately go. I teased it before we went to break the last time, but I want to re-rack it again here. We didn't really hear Dan Quinn give too much of an answer on Washington's plans at quarterback during the press conference. But after the press conference, he did a one-on-one with Scott Abraham of ABC7, and you're not going to want to miss what he had to say about the quarterback position in D.C. That's next on the Team 980. 301-230-0980 is the number. It's the Hoffman Show here on the Team 980. Linnell Willingham sitting in for Craig Hoffman. We'll take you to 6 p.m. before Maryland Terrapins basketball follows your boy. Plenty of big-time hoops on tap tonight. Mentioned it at the top of the show. I'm a big NBA guy. 48 hours away from the trade deadline coming up on Thursday. We got the Bucks visiting Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, and the Suns tonight. Uh, that's 1030 over on TNT. Make sure you tap into that. I'm super excited to see that matchup. I feel like we've been robbed of LeBron versus Giannis too many times to this point. We also get to see Damian Lillard versus Devin Booker tonight as well. So plenty of star power on the floor uh, tonight on TNT. I want to continue our conversation about the quarterback position here in Washington. That is the most important problem to solve here moving forward. And we know how universally aligned Dan Quinn, Adam Peters, and ownership are right now. It's beautiful. It's music to my ears. But that being said, they're ultimately going to have to come to a decision at quarterback. And whichever decision they come to, like I said, they will be universally aligned in that decision. We heard from Lewis Riddick on what Washington should do at quarterback. We heard from you, the callers, on what Washington should do at quarterback or what the outlook is for Washington at quarterback. We even heard Dan Quinn talk about it yesterday in his media availability, getting introduced here in Washington. But he didn't really go into great detail about what Washington's plans are going to be at quarterback. But then he got a little bit looser with our own Scott Abraham of ABC7. When asked about the quarterback position, Dan Quinn had this to say. What do you look at when you see the quarterback position here currently in Washington? And maybe how do you plan to attack that via free agency or the draft? Yeah, and certainly 
talent is here also at quarterback. You know, going against you know Sam through this year, and, and honestly from a little bit from last year as well. You knew how you know talented this player was, and the strength, and the arm talent, and the ability to create, and that's what quarterback play is. You know, off schedule plays and get outside the pocket. Not everything is always clean and where you can go. So um, we're just getting started on the evaluation phase. And so when you're putting a whole program together, there's free agency, there's the draft, and you'll look at all the things you know to try to make the team better. But um, I'm certainly impressed by the competitor that Sam is. That jumped out to me. Uh, you know how tough and competitive he is. So you're saying there's a chance, Dan Quinn. I feel like fans out there, no one no one was ready for that response. I don't know if some of you out there are smart enough to anticipate it. But as I've continued to say, we're at the mercy of the evaluator, people. We don't know what Adam Peters and company are going to take away from Sam Howell's first year as an NFL starter. We simply don't know. And I think we all are in concert here believing that, you know, look, Sam Howell probably wasn't put in the best position to succeed last year. Honestly. The moves that Washington made last offseason weren't the moves of a team that was trying to develop a young quarterback. Sam Howell being anointed the starter last year was Ron Rivera trying to save his own ass. But ultimately, it's going to end up being good for the franchise because while there were some really rough moments down the stretch, we can't sit here and ignore the positives that we saw from Sam Howell if we're being objective about this thing. And like I said earlier, Adam Peters' track record speaks for itself when it comes to the quarterback position. Brock Purdy is starting for the Niners in the Super Bowl right now. They moved on from Trey Lance, who was the top five pick. Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback under center the last time we saw the Niners play in the Super Bowl. So I think the big thing we're going to have to learn and figure out here over the next several months is how Adam Peters ultimately views the quarterback position. How important is it for him to take one in the top five, or in the first round. That matters here. And everyone wants to talk about Drake May and what he was able to do in Phil Longo's offense and how it is eerily similar to the air raid that Cliff Kingsbury ran. We bring up Drake May, but if you're going to bring up Drake May, you got to bring up Sam Howell as well. You just have to, Right? What if Cliff Kingsbury, what if Adam Peters, what if Dan Quinn decides, you know what? I think there's some meat on the bone here. I think he has a skill set that I could ultimately work with. And it makes the most sense to build this team the way I built the Super Bowl, perennial Super Bowl contender in San Francisco. Build things up front along the offensive line. Make sure that the quarterback is properly insulated. Make sure Sam Howell has all he needs to succeed. That's my my own thing. That's why I'm not completely closing the door on Sam Howell. 
Why, how could you to this point? How could you to this point? And even if they do decide to draft a quarterback at two or, or they trade back and take one later in the first round, can we learn from the mistakes of our past? Can we not be hard-headed? Whatever happens at quarterback, I know one thing for certain. There sure as hell better be a competition going on in training camp. No one better be anointed the starter like we've seen in years past. I'm done with that mentality. And I hope that Adam Peters and company don't have those same beliefs. And you heard competition as a buzzword yesterday from DQ. You got to have it at every position. And I think it's super important at quarterback. I understand wanting to get a guy reps and things of that nature. But, man, at the end of the day, you got to figure out who's the best option for you. And I think that sometimes can come by virtue of competition. Whoever they draft, if they choose to draft someone, Sam Howell's under contract. They will have to go through him if it was my football team. And I think we're at the point right now, because we know so little about the evaluation, could be in a situation in the spot where it's like, look, I don't think, I don't think it's worth taking a quarterback in the top five. This offensive tackle class is the best in recent memory. Imagine trading back from number two overall, getting your choice of the top tackle, and then with the assets that you were able to coop from trading back, imagine able to imagine being able to get another starting tackle. You can walk out of April's draft with two starting tackles, a starting center. I mean, there's so Many different ways they ultimately could go. But I think the talent in the draft, specifically at offensive tackle, is really going to influence the way that they go. I think you'd be crazy not to acknowledge that. So many different options on the table for this group. And I know the idea of Sam Howell ever getting to go under center again scares the hell out of a lot of you. But, um, dude. I said at the top of the show, quarterback success, specifically the success of a young signal caller, is all dependent upon fit. And based off of what they did to try and elevate Sam Howell, wasn't a good fit for him last year in Washington. Not with that offensive line. Just is what it is at this point. If you're going to harp on the negatives that you saw at the end of the season, you can't omit the positive things that we saw through the first half. There's clearly there's clearly something there with Sam Howell. He's not, he's not Taylor Heineke. He's got physical gifts to be a starter in the league. I think it's I think it's super important that the offensive coordinator has a plan to elevate this kid. I think it's super important that the talent evaluators have a plan to elevate this kid. You have to surround him with the most talent possible. And Washington just simply didn't do that this past year. They just didn't. You can't tell me you're trying to develop Sam Howe, but you draft Emmanuel Forbes and Quan Martin with your first two picks. You can't tell me you're trying to develop Sam Howe and you draft an unplayable guard. Talk about Brayden Daniels. And I know the injury happened for Brayden. 
Before he was hurt, he was horrible. Had a rough camp. They didn't do enough to help Sam Howell last year. I think we could all agree upon that. Or can we? It's all up to Adam Peters. It's all up to Josh Harris and Cliff Kingsbury and Dan Quinn. Like I continue to say, we're now at the mercy of the evaluator. We'll take your calls if you got them still. 301-230-0980 is the number. We'll take one final time out before we hand things over to Maryland Terrapins basketball. Then we got real things coming up next here on the Team 980. One quick segment here before we dish things over to Maryland Terrapins basketball. I see the phone line still lit up. Let's go to G from the shop. G, you're on a very limited shot clock right now. What's going on? I don't, I don't need that much long for the future 40-year-old virgin right there, man. <laughs> look, oh, is that what you took away from what I said? Hey, trust me, G. Yeah, look, I'm me. riding around and getting it. Trust that. Hey, hey, but I couldn't resist that. But my two sons, man, shout out Anthony and Lunell. But, man, chill out, man. A lot of good people come. We got project mentality, man. A lot of good people come out the project. I came man. from the projects, yeah. G. You know that's why I'm speaking on it. Man, man shout out. Jaden Daniels, man, trust the process, and I like what uh, the owners, man, did with putting these people in position to make the right decision. Trust the process, and they with us. I think we're going to be back. Love y'all, man. Let's go to Derek. What's going on, Derek? Hello? I know you ain't. You got to be there. We on the, you're on the shot clock, my boy. Oh, honestly, I thought I got hung up on. <laughs> um... Hey, yeah, no, uh, so I'm actually open to everything. I uh, I just don't want to trade up. Uh, I would rather – I even see you open to everything and then tell rather, me what you don't want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my bad. No, I hate I'm open to everything but up. trading up. Um, so I am not sold on any quarterback as, like, one being a can't miss. I – I'm okay with either one of them. I'm okay with, like, if they evaluate Howell and they decide that he's the best way forward and they want to invest free agency and draft capital in other places, then so be it. But I'd rather them stay where they are or trade back and just take whoever's the best player available. Appreciate the call as always, Derek. As I've said for the entirety of the show, right, the fact that we're even in this position is brilliant. But for the next couple of months, you'll hear me say the same exact phrase. We are at the mercy right now of the evaluator. It's going to do it here for this Tuesday edition of the Hoffman Show. We're back with you tomorrow with the Rooster, Chris Russell, 1-4 here on the Team 980. Win Bag Wednesdays. The tradition continues. Maryland Terrapins basketball coming up next.